Glow is an everything photography podcast covering the entire range of photography from chemical, darkroom, and alternative-based processes all the way to modern digital photography and beyond. Be sure to visit us at www.underredglow.com. And now your host, John Milliker Jr. Hello, and thank you for joining us for episode 120 of the Under Red Glow podcast. My name is John Milliker. I'm a full-time photographer who practices, teaches, demonstrates nearly every photographic process in history including modern digital gear techniques and with me in the studio is my co-host and level by christine she practices and demonstrates many processes herself and is our entry level process and kids class instructor welcome christine good evening what is going on and don't tell me it's been a busy week because it hasn't it hasn't but it is thanksgiving eve here in the united states tomorrow is thanksgiving at least here in the united states i think canada has a different day for thanksgiving do they have a thanksgiving they do i believe theirs is in october i think october interesting what's boxing day is boxing day like a like a thanksgiving no i think it's around christmas okay and i believe that's in england oh is that where they box each other like the old timey style you know with with top hats and mustaches and you know where they put the one hand out front and the one hand back close to the face no Okay, what is Boxing Day? I'm going to look it up real quick. I'm looking, looking, looking. Uh, Boxing Day is a holiday, holiday celebrated after Christmas Day, according to this, on the second day of Christmas Tide, which is the 26th of, of December. Though it originated as a holiday to give gifts to the poor, today Boxing Day is primarily known as a shopping holiday in Great Britain. Oh, it's kind of like our Black Friday. But. You don't need gifts after Christmas. Well, it's kind of like Halloween. You know, the day after Halloween is the perfect time to get fat. I mean, buy candy. <laughs> that is the perfect day. I don't know. I know I know. usually the day after Christmas is... is I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a busy... I, I, I don't ever want to go anywhere after the day after Christmas because that's probably the, the time when people are returning all those gifts they didn't want. And there's usually good sales. Are there good sales on the after Christmas? Yeah, because who's going to buy so much junk? Junk, yeah. Probably buy Christmas decorations pretty cheap. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. When is a Hanukkah? Um, you know, neither Christine or I celebrate Hanukkah, but I always like finding out when Hanukkah is because I, I really kind of like it when it, it falls on the same kind of kind of clip as christmas um hanukkah in oh really cool hanukkah starts nightfall of december 18th and ends on nightfall of december 26th i think that's kind of cool i think last year it was in darn near november wasn't it like the end of november it was really weird it's really early december i believe yeah it was really wild and, uh, and that's pretty cool. So if you, no matter if you celebrate, uh, and, and when we get closer to Hanukkah and Christmas, we'll you know wish you, wish you know whatever you whatever you celebrate to have a have a good one of those. If you are here in the United States, uh, have a, a happy happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're you're going to be uh, enjoying it with some friends and family. We'll talk a little bit about our plans. We've got a couple questions that came in about the lighting episode, and uh, I found a list of of photographer gifts. Okay. I don't like, I don't think I like anything on this list. And we'll talk a little bit about that after this word from our sponsor. 
Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Right. And that's pretty cool. Um, we are, you know, we're going to be spending it with families. We're really looking forward to that. And, uh, and if you're not in the United States, our typical Thanksgiving meal is is turkey. Turkey, stuffing. What what are some other, other typical things? Um, mashed potatoes and mashed potatoes. biscuits. I am a biscuit. I don't want to say aficionado because that doesn't capture it. I am a biscuit psycho. <laughs> I love those little. What are they the? Uh, what who's the little guy with the the glove? Pillsbury. I love Pillsbury biscuits. The flaky like, oh, so good. They come in a cardboard tube. Yeah, that's that's a real authentic uh, homemade biscuits, right? But they come in a cardboard tube. They're already cut. They're already separated. Put them on a cookie sheet. Put them in the oven. It is my favorite Thanksgiving food. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was such a biscuit junkie that I told my mother and my father, and I said, I want to have biscuits with every meal. And they made it seem like it was only available during holidays. <laughs> and I was so disappointed i wasn't i wasn't angry i was disappointed and and then i found out that you can get them any time of the year what a sham (laughs) how terrible is that but we still don't i mean as much as i do love biscuits you need to have something good with them you either need to have some turkey or some ham maybe make a little biscuit sandwich but my favorite is buttered buttered bread and and then you can like scoop your mashed potatoes up in that. Uh, our big thing is cranberry sauce. The majority of the Americans here, they will buy cranberry sauce in a can. And when they open that can and they uh, and they jiggle all that cranberry sauce out, it takes the shape of a can, which is completely appetizing. <laughs> Not really. Uh, what else? Stuffing. Stuffing for turkey. Usually vegetables of some sort, corn, green beans. Green bean casserole is very common for many families. That's got mushroom, cream of mushroom soup in it. It does. And there's also broccoli. My my family always did broccoli casserole too. Um, Yams or sweet potatoes. There's usually pies of all sorts and categories. Oh, yeah. I forgot about pie. I know your father loves to have sauerkraut with his turkey. Yeah, I never heard of that before. I knew your father. I think that is a German, a German tradition, which is eat sauerkraut. I'm pretty sure it's it's not Thanksgiving, and even though he does, my father likes sauerkraut. But I think it's a German tradition where if you need to eat sauerkraut on New Year's, New Year's, yes, and that's supposed to be good luck. Be interesting. Superstitions are weird, but it's it's kind of neat. Um, yeah, so we're really looking forward to that. And uh, and we hope that if you uh, if you are here in the states and you celebrate Thanksgiving as well, it's usually a holiday for us, and uh, and people have off on on Thursday. Most people have off on Thursday. You know, you got your essential workers out there, and hopefully, if you do have a a job where you are working on Thanksgiving, hopefully they 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 close early and and let you be home with your uh, with your family and or friends, and and really enjoy that. Then then after Thanksgiving, which is always on a Thursday is our Black Friday. And I don't know how it got the name, but basically it is the biggest shopping day in uh, of the year. Now, of course, just like uh just like we 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 ruin Christmas with just 
just advertising for Christmas, like the beginning of a September, and start we start seeing Christmas stuff, and it's like no, no, you got to wait until after Thanksgiving. But um, but just like that, Black Friday has been ruined by, you know, Amazon, Adorama did it. I, I've seen all these these places that that kind of ruin Black Friday by just having a week long of sales. Uh, but I guess that's good because I mean people go crazy for the material things of Black Friday because usually we have several people get trampled and some people actually die every year. It always drove me nuts when it started on Thanksgiving, which it was never the way it was growing up. But like in recent years, oh, that's terrible. Some because, places because if you worked at a, at a department store or you worked at like a, a home, like a uh, like a home store or an electronics store, you know, you got to come back into work. Okay, well, hope hope your family eats Thanksgiving dinner early because you got to be in here by eight p.m. You know, it, it's terrible. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not a I've never been a fan of, hey, let's get up at, you know, for when the store opens at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. and buy junk we really didn't need anyway. Now, yeah, sometimes you get some really good Christmas gifts on Black Friday, but whatever. Um, I've never been a Black Friday shopper. I try to avoid them all. And then, of course, you have Cyber Monday, right. which is supposed to be the Black Friday for online sales, but... Everything is just just congealed into a big mess of. Hey, let's mark stuff up and then pretend to pretend to discount it for a week. Yeah, I tell you what, we did get, and we talked about some of it last week. Did we talk about buying it, buying those new flash units? I don't think we did, but I think it was after we released the episode on the lighting. We talked about getting the, the what is it, Flashpoint? Yeah. Yeah, those flashpoint flashes, and we talked about getting it. And they're Godox. Basically, they're Godox, but it's a flashpoint brand, which is the exact same thing. And, in fact, I even I even double-checked, and I reached out to Adorama, and it's so similar that, that they're telling you to go and get the Godox firmwares. So, yeah, it's the same thing. But depending on where you are, if you go with Godox, you, you may need to send it back to this – Chinese centric company, which I've heard a lot of horror stories on, or you can go with the Flashpoint, which is a United States United States company, and uh, and and you get better you get better support. And I I messaged uh, I messaged Flashpoint, and you know this time of the year, I think it took about five business days to get anything back from them. So just know if you if you go with Flashpoint, it's probably better than China, but you're not going to get probably you know right away service, and uh, but there, I don't remember if they had a number. I didn't I didn't bother calling them, but you know that's it. So we got, uh, we did buy, Adorama had the the, I I don't even know what the name of it is. It's the Flashpoint version of the Godox A two hundred Pro, which is a little bit beefier of a flash unit. It's not a strobe. It's it's too heavy to sit on a hot shoe of a camera and it's got its own little little clamp and it's got its own little doodads in order to keep it keep it up and it fits in with that entire kind of universe of the transmitter that we also bought one of or if you have a hot shoe that can be a transmitter as well it's it's such a weird ecosystem but we had gotten two of those in and um and yeah we're we're really looking forward to kind of 
starting to bring those into our ecosystem um, because where we usually use strobes, we use strobes that have you know the, the four AA batteries, the, the V1N or whatever the flashpoint equivalent is, has a lithium-ion battery up to 480 full pop flashes. I think they're full pops on that battery. The, these AD200 Pros, I'm not really sure. I don't. I didn't. I haven't even looked at the spec sheet yet. I haven't even unboxed them yet, to be honest with you. But we're we're kind of hoping to get those into a, a situation where, hey, we can bring those. We can we can set up a studio quality um, setup, all on batteries, no cables, no cords, and uh, we're really looking forward to playing with that. Yeah. Now it doesn't. It's not going to replace our. Uh, Paul Buff white lightning units. You know, they every every lighting unit has a time and a place. And I guess if I had to recommend something, you know, there's a lot of uh, what what a lot of photographers call gas G A S gear acquisition syndrome, which is oh I want that I want that I want that. And and the number one thing, especially around the holidays, when you know we're seeing a lot of these deals and a lot of stuff is too good to be true, is it going to make you a better photographer? No. No, it's it's a hypothetical question. If you've got a a a lamp, a gooseneck lamp, and you and you know you want to make macro photos, then then yeah, it it may make you a better photographer to get a nice macro, you know, the, the flashpoint version of the the macro ring light, or an actual ring LED ring light, or 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 a light box. It you know that will make your better images better. But the but more times than not, we look at stuff like you know like Christine and I drooling all over the Nikon in, in a Z9. Is that going to make us a better photographer? No, absolutely not. So during this time of consumerism and buy 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 buy, just make sure that that new shiny thing that you you want to pull the trigger on and put on your credit card. Just make sure is it going to make you a better photographer? Is it going to make your life easier? Um, a lot of times we have things that work just as good and we're buying something else that, that we either don't need or, or will not make us better. Or, you know, remember, remember the old, uh, what was it? The Nike air Jordans. (laughs) Yeah. That little, and I don't know if the air Jordans had this or not. I never, I never was a, a, a sneaker guy, but they had that little thing that you pumped up the air. Yeah. They're not going to make you jump higher. But of course, they let all the kids in, you know, they let all the, the the kids that had young, impressionable minds, they let them think that it was going to make them a better basketball player just by buying these tennis shoes. And it made none of us better basketball players. Of course, I never had them, but, you know. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. Kind of interesting for sure. Um, I wanted to talk about, because I'm starting to see, of course... And I like Petapixel, but you got to understand that a lot of stuff they post, I'm sure, is uh, is sponsored or is listed as sponsored. Of course, this article from November 23rd today is listed as a sponsored post, but eight great gifts for photographers in the 2022 holiday season. But it is sponsored, which means what, Christine? It's biased. Towards... They are paid to make this list. 
So I wanted to go through this list, and um, I didn't like most of the stuff here. And we're going to go through this. We're going to kind of complain a little bit about things. Make sure you know what when you're looking at gear, make sure you know who's who's peddling it. Make sure you know if they were sent a a free unit. Make sure you know if they were paid to to make this stuff. There are a lot of companies out there that throw gear and gear and gear and gear and gear to quote unquote influencers to make these to make these uh, you know videos and blog posts and stuff. And as much as I like the guys that I I follow on YouTube, the problem is is we bought those triple tech tablets. Right. And granted, the triple tech tablet tablets are nice, but the number one complaint I have about that, and nobody did due diligence into talking about this tablet. This tablet uses the 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 most basic, cheapest license of Google Android software. I don't know how that works, but it is missing a lot of stuff. Is it is it can it be used as a an ebook reader? Yes. Can it be used to, to check your email? Yes. Can it be used to watch movies on Plex? Yes. But when it comes to some of the the nitty gritty and and changing things around in the Android system, if you're I wouldn't call myself a power user, but if you're kind of uh, kind of anal about how your Android looks and works, then yes, you do have a you know you, you're probably like me. You go into the settings, you go into developer mode, you change stuff around. But this tablet is missing a lot of basic stuff. Is the screen ungodly bright even in daylight? Yes, it is. You could see everything you want in daylight, and that's what this tablet shines at. It is a drone tablet. It is a seven-inch tablet that has a very bright screen so that you can fly a drone even in sunlight, and you're pretty much going to see where you're going. It's not going to be perfect. You want to find yourself a little shade or something, but if you need to, you can. But just remember that a lot of those people out there, they were given something, they were sponsored, they were they were paid to, to, to make a, a video. Sometimes they, you know... Sometimes there's a stipulation where, you know, you need to get their approval to post your video before you can post it. It's a lot of crazy stuff out there. Just be careful about what you, just be careful. Just be careful about who you you find. Make sure that you find uh, people that if, if the thing hasn't been released yet and somebody's had it for a week and has been reviewing it, that's probably meant because they got the, they got the thing early. Right? Right. So. Just make sure you know where your reviews are coming from if you can wait. If you can wait a little bit and let real people get these things in their hands, not sponsored, they bought the thing themselves, they actually have skin in the game. You've paid $800 for this stinking tablet. I'm going to review it and I'm going to say that, you know, does it work? Yes. Am I going to use it? Yes. Is it perfect? No. Not in the least. All right, this is a uh, Petapixel, eight great gifts for photographers in the 2022 holiday season. A sponsored post, of course, and let's let's see what they recommend. Number one, are you one there, Christine? Yes. Okay, number one, the OM5 and Mzukio 12 to 45 millimeter F4 Pro Kit by the OM system. That is Olympus, right? I Olympus? don't know. Olympus? pretty sure oh it was olympus it used to be yeah it's olympus but for some reason petapixel yes. did not put the name olympus in here so whatever i think this is a terrible gift for photographers well you, 
you need camera system that works with your current camera system. And if you're not already an Olympus user. Thank you. I'm glad you said that because here's the problem. If somebody buys me this system, it's going it's going back. It may be the greatest system out there, but it doesn't re, it doesn't work with my lenses. It may not work with my memory card. It may not work with my accessories. It may not work with a lot of things. And therefore, it's a terrible, terrible season. A terrible gift for a photographer. Now, what about an aspiring photographer? Someone that is brand new, you get them this kit and system. And let's be honest, you know, but we... The, the camera companies want you to buy new systems at the drop of a hat. Oh, buy this mirrorless. Oh, buy this lens. And Sony's like, hey, buy me next. And then Olympus is buy me next. No. It's buying a camera is like buying a puppy. You got to be invested to some extent. And you got to be invested. Sometimes they piddle on the floor. You got to be invested in the camera system. You got to find a camera that works well in your hands. And with the problem with a lot of these, uh, a lot of these camera shops have closed up prior to COVID, the thing, during the thing, and you no longer can put these cameras in your hands and make sure they work. Cameras are like Home Depot versus Lowe's. You like one versus the other because they're they're kind of the same thing, but it's almost like they're reversed. And it's almost like they're reversed on purpose. A lot of a lot of stuff goes into to making making a design, and thankfully, a lot of these camera systems they they go with and they stick with the designs you've known and loved. I mean, heck, our last Canon cameras, and even the uh, and even the the later what was it the seven D or the Mark the the five D Mark Four whatever the last five D was. It had the buttons in the same spot. It's going to keep everything pretty much close to where it is. Similar functions. You and similar to... functions, of course. But I'm just basically talking about the buttons. Where the shutter button is, where the dials are, where the back button is, it's going to pretty much be very similarly close to the same spot. They want to reward that system's users that they can move to the next body and not have to learn things. Remember, being a photographer is... It's it's ninety nine percent, and this is this is totally a wrong number, but I'm going to say it. It's ninety nine percent making sure that the camera works as an extension to your body. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's lower than that, but you know, for dramatic effect, it's ninety nine percent. You need the, a camera, you know, and and it's and and when I when I teach this. When I am walking from one location to the next, I know what my camera is set at. I know what the setting was when I last shot. Every shot, I am making sure that I'm looking at my shutter speed. I'm looking at my aperture. I'm looking at my ISO. I know what is going on. Even if I'm shooting aperture priority, I am keeping an eye on what that shutter speed is. Right. I know what's going on. So therefore, when I'm walking from one location to the next... I've got the camera down in my hand, and I know what I'm at. I'm at f2.8. I'm at ISO this. I may have these sensors set to APS-C. And without even looking at the camera, I can, I can okay, well, I'm going to come up here. Oh, I, I want a little bit more depth of field. I need to move that up to maybe to, to f8, maybe f11. And I can click that. Now, I may miss by a third or two-thirds. 
But the thing is, is I'm better on my way to making sure that when I bring that camera up to my eye and I'm capturing that moment, I'm a click or two away from from doing what I need to do. Right. So that, that's why I think uh, a camera system is a bad investment. And like I said, it's like a puppy. When you get into a camera system, you're kind of stuck for a bit. You don't want to just go. If you've got the money to throw away a camera system or sell a camera system and go with a new one every time something new comes out, hey, good on you. But as far as me, as far as Christine, there's a lot of decision made into that system and picking, picking and choosing who I want to live with for the rest of my life. And that used to be canon. Heck, for 35 years it was canon. 30 years, 35 years, whatever. And then making a jump from Canon to Nikon was a big, giant step. You have all this accessories, accessories, lenses, everything, but you make a big step from Canon to Nikon or any system to any system, it's a big, big step. Let's move on to the next one. Photo gifts by Saul Digital. Uh, it just looks like printed. I'm not going to say junk because it's probably not junk. They sell um, uh, mugs, puzzles, metal boxes, photo plaques, photo bricks, and more. It looks good. Of course, they're 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 listing it as a high quality gift. I don't know anything about it. I would definitely check out the reviews on this from people that are not sponsored and not biased. But let's throw let's throw the 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 company out the window. There are a lot of places that make photo gifts. There are a lot of places that make mouse pads and. And, uh, and puzzles and whatever you want. This is a, I think this is a good gift. The problem is I think this is a good gift from a photographer unless you can find a place where you can buy maybe a gift card. What photographer wouldn't want a gift card to some location, some place online that, that'll make mouse pads or mugs or puzzles of, of some of their photography? So I would say yes to a photographer Maybe get them something. As a photographer, I would never pay money for something like this for myself. But if I got a gift card to it, oh, that's kind of cool. Let me let me do that. I would definitely find a a photo in my collection that I thought would make a kind of a cool puzzle. That maybe if uh, Christine and I, if there's a zombie apocalypse and we're stuck sitting and and waiting waiting out the zombie apocalypse, hey, let's let's put together a puzzle. It's sad that that's probably the only time I would want to put together a puzzle though. I'm not a puzzle person. But the thing is, is for a photographer, get them a gift card to a place like this. But photographers, this is a gift for mom. This is a gift for someone that likes puzzles. Or this is a gift for that that person that, that you're not really sure what they want. But maybe they, you know, you've got a good photo of them or their family. Or you've got something that they've, that they've said, oh, I really like that photo. Right. I think that's a gift, a better gift from a photographer than to a photographer. Right. Next, Tokina's ATX M eleven eighteen two point eight E by Tokina USA. Uh, is this a a mirrorless camera and a lens? It's for the Sony E mount. Oh, okay. A Tokina lens. So unless <sighs> the person already has a Sony system, it's kind it, of useless. Yeah, it's kind of silly. I feel that if photographers are so hard to shop for, for sure, 
Do you want to spend $500 on somebody that wants a super, super, super wide lens? Then, sure. How many photographers want super, super, super wide lenses? We have wide lenses. We use them. Do we use them even 10% of the time? No, never. Uh, that's, that's terrible. And, and then you need to make sure the photographer has that. Or you are a photographer and you say, hey, hint, hint. Yeah, I don't know. Next one is a, uh, it's a external SSD. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to mention the, the brand names. If you want to know the brand names, go over to petapixel.com. And it was, uh, it was an article on the 23rd, eight great gifts for photographers. I'm just going to talk about the product because I'm, I'm not endorsing any of this stuff here. Uh, the next one is a up to two terabyte external hard drive and it's an SSD and it looks, I'm not sure that looks very rugged. Claims it is, but yeah. Is it claiming it is? Transferring large uh, pro-grade enclosure with an IP68 dust water resistant up to 4,000 pound crush resistance Okay, and a three-meter drop resistance. That, um, I'm not really sure about the one that's there, but there are a few out there. And uh, and sure, I'm, I'm going against my own rules, but uh, let me rugged external SSD. So I'm going to go against my own, now that's it. I was trying to remember, trying to remember what, what I was, uh, what brand I was thinking about. As I said, I, I'm going against my own thing by saying that um, I wasn't going to do, uh, you know, do the brand names. This is a SanDisk. You also have Lacey, L-A-C-I-E. You've got a Samsung Shield 2-terabyte portable SSD, IP65, not IP68, water and dust resistance. I'm not really sure which one's better, but if I click on this... What does it take me to? It takes me to SanDisk, a one terabyte at SanDisk. Oh my goodness, I I forgot that Western Digital bought SanDisk out. Ooh, I never was a Western Digital fan. But uh, Western Digital has bought SanDisk out. It is a USB-C port. It does not have a rubber doodad that, that protects the USB-C port. Two terabytes is $449. You can go over to the Samsung... Oh, Samsung has a two terabyte that is a little bit, I'm not sure if the lower number is better or, or not, but Samsung has a rugged two terabyte portable SSD and uh, it looks to be about the same speed. No, it's a little bit slower. Uh, San, Samsung is uh, over a little over a thousand mega megabits per second. And um, this speed, uh, SanDisk is is about double that, but the Samsung version is 150. The SanDisk version is 449. Uh, you know that just is a rugged external hard drive worth it for a photographer. I think that backup memory is always a good thing, but but do you need rugged? You and don't necessarily need rugged. You're getting a gift for a photographer, someone who has a. A camera, a lens, has a lot of fragile stuff. I would rather see in my in my Christmas stocking, I would rather see two non-rugged external hard drives 
instead. Yeah. Because I want to. You want you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You put everything in a rugged drive. Yeah, I don't, you know, maybe it's rugged. Maybe you can't kill it. Where in the other hand, if I'm out at a location and I'm making uh, making copies of that card on my laptop and on two hard, external hard drives, likelihood of one of those surviving is going to be high. Especially if you do like we do, uh, you know, you're you're not putting everything in one basket. You're not putting your your laptop, your and both your hard drives in your laptop bag, and then God forbid it gets stolen, then you're out. That's why we we split up the hard drives. Whenever we travel, when we make, you know, we're we've got client data, we we make all the backups, and we split it up. And to be honest with you. This is this is not on the list, and, and maybe we should talk about this, is whenever we can, we dump everything to the cloud. Um, you know, we're, we're happy with a, a service called sync.com. There's a bunch of them out there. All of them, I'm sure, are very great. But if you can, you know, if you can have enough time, and, and speed is going to be an issue, but if you can have enough time to make sure you get all your data to the cloud, that's another layer of protection. And maybe you don't need two hard drives. Maybe your laptop and one rug and one rugged or non-rugged drive is good enough. But as far as rugged's concerned, I think it's a little bit overkill for a person that already has a lot of very expensive gear that they have perfected the art of not breaking the stuff. Just a thought. Now, of course, the lacy rugged uh, non ssd in the with the orange rubber grip is cool looking do i think it's necessary no lacy has a four terabyte just you know talk about talk about different options lacy has a four terabyte solid state drive rugged external and that is a thousand dollars a little crazy wow. a little crazy when you can consider yourself and and you know and you don't need a hard drive all the time. Maybe you go out and get yourself some big, th- some big thumb drives, or you go out and get yourself some, some big SSD, uh, excuse me, not SSD, but SD cards. You know, maybe you, you fill a couple thumb drives and you send two packages. You send a package to, back to your house. You send a package back to your office. And you know, there's so many things you can do out there. I remember back when, you know, when Christine and I first met, I mean, our big thing with client data was, we're traveling. I'm. I'm. As soon as we get out there, I buy a stack. I buy a small stack of DVDs, of recordable DVDs, or I take a small stack already and already in the envelopes that I'm going to mail them back in. And as we shoot and as we process, you know, that night at the hotel, I'm burning DVDs and I'm shipping them home. You remember that? Vaguely. Vaguely. It's been a long. I don't remember time. that so much. Been a long time. Our our, uh, our first trip together with at Albuquerque when we shot the media for the balloon fiesta, we did that. Okay. The next thing is lighting gear and accessories. Again, lighting gear is good, but if someone already has a lighting system, this can be a bad thing. This brand is not going to work with our brand, and it's not going to work with this brand, and it's not going to work with that brand. And as much as I love pocket wizards, there, I said it, I love pocket wizards. We have close to 20 of them, so I guess we have to love them. 
love Pocket Wizard so much, but the problem is we have the old style. And I don't even know if there's a new style out there that does high-speed sync or or does, uh, you know, power. Ours, do, ours doesn't. We set, you know, we set them up on every device. We set the device's manual power, especially, like I said, the white lightnings or if you have alien bees or whatever you got out there. A lot of these new lighting lighting systems, man, they're cool. And uh, and this one here by a, by a different company, it looks like the same thing. It's got an LCD screen on the side. I mean, it's really cool stuff. But the thing is, is once again, unless the person does not have a lighting system, you know, go for it. But you know, but then you're thinking, is it too much or is it too little for their for their work? Now, of course, this brand here is a high-end, very well-known brand. Uh, it likely will do anything that that person wants. It may be too much power for what they do. It may be a little bit too much power, and then when they want to add to the system, man, i got to spend $1,000 on a light or something. Not really sure I'm very, uh, very happy with that one either. The next one is, <clears throat> excuse me, a, uh, a carbon fiber tripod bundle. And, uh, and this is accessory part, stainless steel hook. I'm trying to see if it gives you the, giving you multiple ways to set your tripod. I'm not entirely sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click on the bundle link and see if it comes with the head. No, it does not come with the head. It is a $400 carbon fiber tripod. Is this a nice tripod? Yes, yeah, a nice tripod. And it doesn't have a head. So you know what? It's, it's. It's a little bit better than than if it came with a kit with a head. And then you got to worry about a, you know, you got to worry about what? You got to worry about a quick release shoe. You know, maybe they're into the Manfrotto. Maybe they're into the. Dang, what's the name of it? I just lost it. Oh, Swiss Arca, Swiss, the Arca Swiss. That's Arca Swiss. And and we've 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 been moving over from Manfrotto to Arca Swiss. And in fact, our our main tripods have a Manfrotto quick release slash Arca Swiss like compatible. It does both of them. But we've been moving over to Arca Swiss, Arca Swiss, Arca Swiss, and that can get a little costly, especially if you've put in money into a different brand's version of of a quick release shoe. Or if they already have a tripod that has another nice tripod head, and now, okay, well, I I got a problem. Now I got to go buy another head, or you're not really sure. If someone is looking for a a tripod, yeah, good. I, I think that's a good idea, especially like I said, this does not have at all a uh, a head that that comes with it. You've got to you got to supply your own. Uh, and the last thing are black diffusion filters, and uh, this is uh, these are diffusion filters. They kind of remind me of the old um, and, and any old ha- old hat photographers out there are going to remember the the old tricks of the trade. And uh, you used to be able to use either either like like pantyhose, like stockings. You can use stocking material over a, over your lens, and it gives it a dreamy look. Or you can actually make a really interesting spot lens. Before God, I think Tiffin came out with the first spot lens. I may be wrong, but basically you can you can smear Vaseline on a just a cheap skylight filter and leave an opening in the middle and man you got these dreamy awesome effects which were which were big back in the day for shooting weddings really really big uh these as far as that um 
it makes your di digital images look more cinematic. And they just diffuse a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I've never used a diffusion filter, a, a modern diffusion filter, I should say. I'm not entirely sure if... Can you... Can you... Um, can you replicate this in your photo editor? That would be my question. Can you replicate a diffusion filter in your photo editor? Usually it's good to do things in camera, but it's almost like photographing and you're photographing a scene and you turn your image to black and white in camera. It's kind of the same thing. You're taking a sharp image and you're diffusing it. You're kind of intentionally crippling a little bit. Just like if you're shooting in camera and you send you send that camera setting to black and white, what's the problem? You can never have the color back. Well, not only that, but when you have a color image, a color digital image, and you use your photo editor choice, you can emulate several different color filters on your lens. Right. You can put a red filter on that will turn all the blues dark, 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 dark. If you if you just kind of neuter the the image of all its color immediately, then it's going to it's going to record just grayscale. It's going to record zero to two fifty five. But when you have a color image, you have three color channels that are zero to two fifty five. You get a little bit more more work out of that. I'm not entirely sure. I like that uh, the idea of uh, diffusion filters. If you guys use diffusion filters, let me know. Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm really interested. Um, Christian, I have a question. Mm -hmm. I have two questions, actually. The first question was, um, uh, dear John and Christine, uh, you talk about uh, you talk about high-speed flash. You talk about sync speed. Can you elaborate more on how all that works? Last week, we talked about sync speed. I'm pretty sure we, we covered sync speed, right? I think quickly. I think we quickly did. Okay. Sync speed, which which changes with, you know, it, it used to be one sixtieth of a second, and then you had leaf shutters, and and you had different different sync speeds. Sync speed basically says that is the fastest speed you can shoot that your sensor or your film chip, you know, your your you know the 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 frame of the film that you are shooting, is entirely exposed to the to the lens. Uh, how a sensor or how a a a film camera works they have a cloth shutter or they have some kind of a shutter system you know your your canons your nikons uh i think most of the mirrorless cameras still have them because i don't believe shutter i don't believe sensors are good enough yet to basically give you high speed uh, shutter shutter values without still using the mechanical shutter in front of the sensor but the, the way a sensor shutter works is when I photograph something, let's say I photograph a one-second exposure, the bot the, the shutter is going to open from top to bottom, or maybe bottom to top. I think it goes it goes back and forth. It's going to open from one end to the other, and it's going to open. It's going to wait for a second, and when it's time to close the shutter, then another shutter is going to catch up with it. So basically, if you're going from top to bottom. The shutter goes from top to bottom to open, and then a secondary shutter comes from top to bottom to close. You right. can understand, what's that? I said right. You can understand that as you get faster and faster and faster, 
um, we, we come into a problem of how fast can we go. And, and here's the trick. There is a, there is a point where the, sh the mechanical shutters can't open and close that fast. When you start getting into hundreds of a, of a second, or hundredths of a second, I should say, or thousandths of a second, the shutter just can't open and close fast enough for that. So it's got a kind of a cool trick. When you get to the flash sync speed of your camera, that is the fastest you're going to shoot while the shutter opens, pauses, and then closes. Everything beyond that, as the shutter starts coming down, that, that secondary shutter is going to start chasing it. And instead of giving you open and then close, it's going to basically make a strip going down your sensor. So therefore, if you have a standardized flash system, pocket wizards, white lightnings, alien bees, whatever these are, they do not have high speed sync, then you need to you need to set your camera to no faster than the flash sync speed. Can you can you can you find this in the in the manual for your camera? Absolutely. Flash sync speed. But here's the thing. Let's say you're out somewhere and you, you don't want to look up your manual. How do you tell if you are shooting too fast for your flash, for your flash sync speed? Christine, please know this. Uh, isn't that whenever part of it's, it's darker on the bottom or yes, on the top? Yes, thank you. You will see flash in the majority of your image or even you know, parts of your image, and you're going to see a, a strip you're going to see a, a strip of your image that just doesn't have anything like almost like you had a pair of barn doors on and you only lit half of your scene. That is because as that sync, as that flash triggers, the shutter is uh, the, the shutter is already covering part of your film or your sensor. That is your, your sync speed. Now high speed sync, which is actually pretty cool. And, um, and I didn't entirely know how high-speed sync worked, but this week I, I actually looked it up, and I, 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 I thank uh, Ryan for this uh, email about the high-speed sync because I had to do a little bit of digging, and I tried to find out how that worked. High-speed sync, which I think is kind of cool, works by instead of one flash, it pulses the flash as your shutter is, is being, as your exposure is being made up to one eight-thousandth of a second. I think that is amazing. That's cool. How small that sliver is between the, the, the front and back shutters is so small that that flash is doing an amazing job at pulsing. I'd love to get a high-speed camera. Somebody somebody send a high-speed flash to the slow-mo guys because I would love to see exactly how this, this pulsing action works. It takes and, a lot more battery power for that, though, doesn't it? Oh, it does, and you're and you're losing a little bit of your of your your total power output as well. But here's the thing as well, you know, you a lot of these flashes, especially these Godoxes, our our, our speed lights did it, our Canon flashes did it. You have what's called a multi mode, and that allows you to say, okay, well, I want you to do this this much power, this many hertz. Now, remember, hertz is. Um, I believe it's for everybody. Uh, we have 60 hertz in the United States and power in, and I think the UK is 50 hertz, but I believe it works on a 60 hertz schedule where 60 flashes, uh, 60 hertz is, is it, is it 60? Yeah, it's 60 to a second. So therefore one 60th of a second. 
So if you've got, let's say, five, uh, what is it? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Five, if you do five hertz, it's five flashes a second. Yeah, that's it. And then you have how many to do. So you're doing five flashes a second. How many flashes do you want to do? If you do five flashes, then you're you're shooting over you're shooting five flashes over one second. Kind of makes sense. I think. You think so? Let's say you let's say you set it to thirty hertz, and you're only giving it thirty flashes. That's that's uh, one uh, that's basically half of a second, and you're only giving it flashes for half a second. Does that kind of make kind of make sense? Yeah, I think. I really need to, and and you really haven't. I don't think you've ever really really messed with the with the the multi multi flashes, but uh, it's something better. It's something better demonstrated than talked about. Same thing with with front uh, front curtain sync and rear curtain sync. Oh, now we're down another rabbit hole. Front curtain sync means that the flash fires at the beginning of your exposure. Rear curtain sync means that the flash fires at the end of your exposure. So just think about a uh, a dancer running across a, th- a theater stage and jumping in the air. Um your front curtain sink may still get your your uh, your dancer getting ready to jump where your rear curtain sink may be long enough depending on your shutter speed to get the uh, the dancer in midair kind of makes sense yeah well that's how high speed sync works and and what are the benefits of high speed sync man if you could shoot 1/8000th of a second you know when you when you can speed your shutter up, what can you do to some of your other settings? You can get less grain with your ISO. You can. Well, that's a little bit different. I'm I'm most talking about aperture. Bigger depth of field. You can you can open up your lens, right? Right. So a much bigger, well, really shallower. It's a shallower depth of field to make sure if you can take that from you know you're going up in shutter speed, you can bring that aperture, you can open it up to like 2814 f2 whatever and you're going to get a very shallow depth of field and and you can compete with the sun finally too you know back in the day you know you you've got you've got a, a a speed light on a on a on a light pole or on a voice activated light stand i mean you you need a and especially if you're you're shooting in umbrellas you're going to need two or three speed lights at full power to even come close to competing with the sun Absolutely, very, uh, very important uh, technology. Very cool. Do you need it? Do you need high speed sync? No, we've we've been working with with slow speed sync or whatever, you know, regular sync for the longest time, and we've never had a problem. But does it open up some new creative avenues? It does. But don't forget that we've shot at one sixtieth or one one twenty fifth shutter speed. That, that sync speed for our cameras for decades. Just because you may, you know, not be able to afford something that's got a high-speed sync with it, or or maybe, you know, your lighting system is not compatible with it, doesn't mean it, it's going to give you any... It doesn't... It, high-speed sync is not going to make you a great, better photographer, right? That's how we talked. That's how we entered the episode. But is it cool? Yes. Can it give you some interesting new perspectives on things? Yes. Is it going to make you a better photographer as far as client work? You're photographing clients outside, inside. You need a pop light for real estate, for anything. 
is it going to make you a better photographer? No. It's one of those things where is it worth it to us? Not really. High speed sync. I've I can't imagine what we'd use high speed sync for, but it just happened to come with the units. So it's pretty good. Pretty darn good. Yep. Um, we uh we we also had a uh, a message from uh, a message from Christian who asks about um what are some of the best the best ways to color correct. I think we did talk about that, but maybe we didn't, we didn't touch on it too much. Um, I'm trying to remember what we, what we talked about. Basically, you know, all your flashes have a certain color temperature. All of your lights have a certain color temperature. And even back in the day you had, you had tungsten light, which is usually your, your outdoor lights. You had incandescence, which usually are a, a, a warm, you know, a warm color temperature. And then you had fluorescence, which could vary from like a green to a cool to all kinds of stuff. Fluorescence also were kind of a big pain in the butt, especially those curly Q ones, the CFL bulbs, where they may change color temperature with, with warmth. And in fact, with our, with our camera club, we're, we're replacing the print competition box lights uh, as we speak, actually. And it used to be a fluorescent tube in there. And we're going to a a much better balanced LED bulb and housing and all that fun stuff. But uh, but fluorescence and and as I said, CFLs they're they're a little bit dimmer and they could be a little bit more a different color temperature. We we had some before we moved over to uh, the LEDs in the in the bathroom. Remember that you turn the light on, it was like wow, it's dark in here. And they warmed up and got brighter and warmed up and got brighter. And, and I'm not a fan of just hanging out in the bathroom. Uh, I know that one that one singer, he wants a bath ball. He, he wants a bathtub he can play baseball in. I, I want to get in there and get out. And the problem is, is the government, in all its infinite wisdom, kind of uh, kind of put the, 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 the kibosh on incandescent bulbs. Oh, we all got to go to these fluorescent bulbs. Well, they sucked. Compact fluorescents were terrible. Now that we have finally LEDs that look good, you're you're much better. LEDs, they at least the good ones, they do not change color or or intensity with with warmth. Now, yeah, if they get really really warm, I'm I'm sure that that they could that they could cut out as a like a thermal override or something. But back in the day, and even today, like if you're if you're shooting in an office situation or office environment or 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 something that's got lighting inside. I, I highly, you know, highly recommend if you can, you bring, you bring flight with you. If you can turn off all the lights, turn off all the lights, you've got a modeling light, uh, or you've got, uh, you know, you've got hot lights, you've got a modeling light, you've got something, you have, you have a fighting chance there because you can put an 18% gray card in front of that camera and, and you can make an exposure. What does a gray card do? And I'm not trying to try not to bounce around like like a, a ping pong uh, ping pong ball. Gray card is a neutral surface. It's a neutral gray card that has no color cast, no color cast warm, no color cast cool. You photograph that in the lighting situation of whatever you're photographing. If you're photographing a model, a client, a family, uh, you're photographing something that needs good color balance and color correction. You're going to photograph first a gray card in that light and then shoot away. Shoot, shoot, shoot. If you're shooting in raw, 
your camera may go auto and it may sit there and say, okay, well, I'm going to go tungsten and now I'm going to go daylight. Now I'm going to go fluorescent. Now I'm going to go shadows and now I'm going to go clouds. That's fine. If, if that's, that's perfectly fine. Some, some of the cameras, and I, I think, I think the, I think they still do. I know the Nikons, uh, the Canons did. If you are shooting in JPEG, which hopefully you're not, but if you do, I'm sure you have, I'm sure you have your choice. I would, gently nudge you to try to make sure you shoot raw unless you've got a, a good reason for it well jpeg you can actually and in these cameras you can actually set the white balance by shooting a a neutral object that's because jpeg you know the 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 color you don't have as much latitude in changing your color temperature and everything as you do with raw raw who cares you go through you select every shot that was shot in that lighting situation. You go to your photo editor of choice. You use the eyedropper tool and you tell that program who's boss, number one. And then you tell it, this is a gray card. This is a neutral surface that should have no color cast, either warm or cool. And I want you to adjust every one of my images that are shot in this series by that much. If it's if it's uh, 500 degrees warm, we're going to take 500 degrees off to make that gray card neutral gray. Good thing to have. Uh, we also have the color checker. Uh, what is it? The passport color checker cards. Mm -hmm. And what those color checker cards have is it's got on one side, it's got a big gray card. On the other side, it's got a whole bunch of colors. And you can use the color checker software and it, and it checks all the reds and it checks all the greens and it checks all the blue. It's got all these color things on. We've, I don't think I've ever used that, to be honest with you. I only use the gray card. But the cool thing is, is on that color spectrum where the, you know, it also has another side, which has a couple different grays on it. It's got a gray that is a little bit warm, a little bit warmer, a little bit warmer. And then it's got, you know, the opposite way cooler and cooler and cooler because sometimes you may want to photograph something and you may want to go a little bit warmer or you may want to go a little bit cooler. It's all eye of the beholder. When you've got a color calibrated monitor, which is highly recommended and you can photo, you can send something to your printer, whether you are printing it yourself or you're sending it out to a print house, you can send that print to them and it looks as close as possible to the screen. When you have that ability to, to say, okay, well, what I see on my screen is what my, is darn it, what my printer is going to output, man, the world's your oyster. Then it really doesn't matter. But the gray card makes a little bit easier, makes it a little bit easier to rein you in as far as where you need to be in color temperature land. And then the, the passport color checker gives you, as I said, gives you a little bit warmer, a little bit cooler. Can you replicate that in your photo editor? Of course. You can go up and add a, add a, a, a fluorescent gel or a cooling gel or a CTO or, you know, whatever you want to do. And you know that, okay, well, maybe I can make an action. I like my landscape photos a, a tad on the warm side. Okay, well, I'm going to neutralize it. I'm going to use an 18% gray card. I'm going to get it perfect. And then I'm going to run this action or I'm going to run this filter or, or whatever and i'm going to give it a, just a just a little goose of of warmth and then it can make you happy so yeah. i hope that uh, i hope that answers the question uh of that shoot raw 18 percent gray card um 
make sure your monitor is and your prints are are kind of close. And uh, and and here's the problem, you know, if you're not printing, then you can still benefit from a a monitor calibrator, and they get so cheap. Spider Data Color Spider has sales all the time. They probably have a, probably have a sale coming up pretty soon. You can even get an older one. You know, get a couple couple years. They come out with one. They come out with more color color doodads than than Insta three sixty comes out with terribly named three sixty cameras. <laughs> you don't need every single one. Like GoPro, you don't need every single one. Get yourself one. And then now at least if you are delivering digital files to clients and maybe somebody comes back and says, oh, the colors look all off. It's like, well, now you got a little bit of a leg to stand on. You want to help them out a little bit. You want to make sure that the images on a color calibrated screen in your situation, it also takes a takes into, into uh, account the, the lights in your area and how long the monitor has been on and all that fun stuff. You can tell the client, well, it's color calibrated on my monitor. You know, and then you can take the next steps on trying to get the, the clients, you know, up to speed. And, uh, and I want to make sure I help you out, figure this out, send them, send them something on a website. That's got, uh, you know, they've got colors. Hey, what do you see here? Uh, also make sure. And, and since we are on color checkers and we, we went into delivering digital uh, assets land, make sure that you are exporting. If it's something that's going to be viewed on a monitor, make sure you export as an sRGB. If you're exporting as Adobe RGB or you're exporting as what's the Lightroom one? Pro Photo, Pro, Pro something. Uh, those are have a much wider color gamut, and that means it's the colors are wider. the The whole area from start to finish uh, in the colors is a lot wider. Monitors can't really see that all the time, and uh, and 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 I point them out to Christine all the time. It's like, oh, look at that image. They they didn't use the right color space. But you can tell images just are muted. They might have a color shift to them. Just make sure that your final in your in your list of everything you do so that everything you export is the same export. Make sure the last thing you do is, is when you're exporting it, export it to the uh, to the profile that you're going to be viewing it on. Now, of course, that doesn't that doesn't apply to printing. If you're sending something off to the printer, you're going to you're going to enter in the printer's profile and you're going to enter in the ink profile and you're going to enter in the paper profile. But maybe that's a, a topic for another time, Christine. I think we're yeah. we're getting a little bit long here. Uh, what do you think about uh, the eight gifts for photographers? What are your favorite gifts that you've received or maybe something you are looking to receive uh, when Santa squeezes big fat butt down your chimney this uh, oh, almost a month from now? Yeah. Ooh, can't believe Christmas is almost here. Uh, wow. Wow, that's pretty uh, That's pretty crazy. Let us know what you think. And uh, with, uh, wow. I can't, I, I'm just, I'm just totally floored about how close Christmas is. It was 60 degrees today. It was 60 degrees outside today. It's supposed to be as warm tomorrow. It almost feels like spring. But I know we're going to be descending into the icy, cold, dark blackness of winter very shortly. Either way, you can connect with us on our Facebook group or through email at podcast And as always, your comments might just make it to a future episode. 
A big thank you to everyone for continuing to join us. All the love and support we received from people liking us on Facebook, subscribing and rating us on your pod- podcast platform of choice. And also a big thank you to our Patreon sub- subscription supporters. Starting at just a buck, you can get our shows early with our supporters only after show. All of that ads. Be sure to check out other supporter tiers as well, which gets bringing you along on our photography projects with great rewards. All of our links can be found in our show notes and also on www.underroadglow.com. And on now with episode 120 down, it's been our absolute pleasure spending this time with you. I'm, I can never talk at the end. <laughs> Please be sure to subscribe to Under Red Glow. And if we've earned your recommendation of the photographers of any school of our process, we would certainly appreciate you sharing us with them. A big thank you to my co-host, Christine Miller, and of course, everyone for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody Thanksgiving. gets the after show, I think. That's probably a bad idea because we already talked about food, so we probably have nothing to talk about. Everybody gets the after show. If you like the after show, consider supporting us on our Patreon or supporter page. As we said, starting at a buck, you get these. Thanks for tuning in. We look forward to visiting with you next time. Stick around. We're going to go into an after show. Goodbye. Don't goodbye. Everybody gets an after. Remember Oprah? You get an after show, and you get an after show, and you get an after show. <laughs> I think she did it with cars, didn't she? She did it with uh, all sorts of gifts. All sorts. We talked about Thanksgiving already. We kind of, we kind of, uh, we kind of peaked because usually after show it's food. Yeah. And it's food. We could talk about our favorite Thanksgiving desserts. Thanksgiving desserts. Oh. Chocolate cream pie. That's always been your favorite. Always been my favorite. Pecan pie. Gross. I love pecan pie. Gross. Or cherry pie. Gross. Mm-hmm. You like Excuse a good me. lemon meringue too. Lemon meringue is good, but chocolate cream pie is always my is always my thing. You know what else I like? I like black forest cheesecake without the cherries. Even I like it cherry, with the cherries. Yeah, well, I, I'll flick them into your mouth. Okay. Um, when we photographed the the wedding a couple weeks ago, they had black bottom cupcakes, which is the same thing. Yeah. Black bottom, black forest cheesecake, and black bottom cupcakes. It's like the cheesecake has got like a cake batter, right? That the chocolate cake batter. Pretty sure. It's a yeah. cheesecake with like a, a chocolate cake batter, maybe like a chocolate fudge on it. Where black bottom cupcakes are just chocolate cupcakes with a with a cheesecake batter put on top, um, kind of mixed in. Yeah, we could talk about our. Uh, we had a we had a shoot in Gettysburg, yeah, and that is the the Gettysburg Remembrance Day ball, and I think that is Gettysburg. Let me make sure this is it because I you know, I ever tell you the story about um, Dick's Sporting Goods about the website. Yeah, Gettysburg. Yeah. I want to make sure because I will tell. I will tell a story <laughs> of uh, of of never assume what a website is. But the Gettysburg Ball is gettysburgball.com, and that was on Friday, November thirty, uh, November eighteenth. And uh, let's see here. I'm just taking a look, taking a look, taking a look. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's usually the Friday before Remembrance Day. Unfortunately, we couldn't make the Remembrance Day. We had uh, we had other obligations, but we're going to try to make Remembrance Day again next year. 
And we definitely had uh, you know, a good time. It was the first time we did it. Apparently, uh, they had a photographer that, that kind of backed out last minute. And, um, and we, were, we were so happy to be able to pick it up, you know, pick it up and, and help them out. And uh, you know, they, they loved everything so much that they asked us already, even before we had the photos delivered, uh, we want you back. And, um, and the, the way we worked it was, and, and this is always a problem when we do an event that, that maybe some other photographer maybe didn't do such a great job at. You know, we let them know, look, you know, here's what we do. We do printing on site. Everybody gets to take the prints home by the end of the night. Uh, by, by the next day, I have all the, the images emailed out and, and on the gallery for people. And it's always, it's always kind of met with like, a, are you, are you sure you can do that? I mean, you can, you can mail them, you can do this, but, but the people with at Gettysburg ball.com, uh, Gettysburg Remembrance Day ball were just so great to us. And uh, we had, the event was at the Eisenhower hotel in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And, you know, we, we got there, it, we had, it was, na it was nasty traffic. So we got there a little later than we wanted to, even though you know, we still was, it was still what, two hours from when the, the actual ball started. Yeah, I think so. But I wanted to get there a little bit earlier, but we still had way much time to, to get set up. We get there to the Eisenhower and they had a, man, had to when you work with a client that, that puts down what you need. And listens to what you, you know, listens to what you need and make sure that you get it. That is, it is so much nicer dealing with, with clients like that. We yeah. get there, they knew exactly where we were. They put us in a spot that was, uh, you know, perfect for what we needed to without, we were in like this L, this hallway. Uh, we were outside, which we were happy to be. We, you know, we were in this corner. There was still plenty of space for, for guests because like there was two hotels that were connected or something. It was kind of weird. I think the, it, the conference center led over to a restaurant or something. Oh, okay. And people were going over to the restaurant to get food and there's a bar or something over there too. Oh yeah. We did have one uh, severely intoxicated gentleman kind of come through and <laughs> yeah, didn't cause any problem. But um, when you have... When you have a big photograph, big photographic you know, muslin backdrop up, and you've got big expensive lights set up, and you've got, you know, a table of computers and and a printer and and all that and a, you know all that fun stuff, it 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 puts you on edge a little bit. It definitely puts you on edge. Um, but we got there and and the table was set up where we needed to be was set up. Christine and I, uh, they let us park right outside the door, let us load in, and uh, it we, it couldn't have gone any smoother. And I hate being that person that says, okay, we need 10 by 20, we need electrical sockets, we need this, we need that, because I am I I subscribe to the whole thought of I want to be as easy as possible. When I when I photograph, and we didn't do tin types, we just did digital photography. When I do tin types, I like I gotta be like, look, I gotta have access to water, I gotta have access to dump water. And that can be in a, a slop sink, that can be in a toilet. That could be in a sink or, or preferably that could be outside because all the water has a little bit of iron in it from the, from the tin types. Right. And, uh, but like I said, we didn't do tin types here. We just did the digital and I'm, I'm glad we did so many people. And, and like, this is, this is the cream of the crop as far as Gettysburg dances and, and balls are concerned. 
and uh, all the who's who in their beautiful silk ball gowns and dresses and you know gentlemen dressed up in you had a, you had a couple people dressed up in in uh, in a civil war uniform you had a couple people dressed up as civilian it was such an amazing event we had such a good time and we met so many nice people and and it it makes you proud because everybody was um and I, I never want to throw somebody else under the bus, but everybody was really amazed at the quality. They were really amazed by the fact that we were we were basically printing, you know, as soon as they they got their image, they were able to look at their image on the monitor, and you know, we were and they were they were really excited that we worked with them. They were very excited that that, oh, I, I don't like the way my arm looks. Can we shoot it again? Yeah, <laughs> of course. It, I kind of I kind of put it together the fact and I probably put this together before but I kind of put together the fact that I I approach my digital photography the way I approach my tin types. If you take care of the image, either the either the download or the print or or whatever, you take care of that image. That's going to last for some generation, couple generations. I want that that I want that to be one of your favorite photos. I do kind of we occasionally get these customers that no matter what you do, you're not going to please them because they want you to fix something that you can't fix. Well, and, and we did, we did have one of them and, and I can't tell you the last time we had one, but it was a, it was a, it was a lovely lady and a handsome gentleman. And they came up and um, we, we, I think the lady didn't like, uh, she didn't like how she was, po like how she was, she was, uh, I'm I'm trying to handle this delicately. <laughs> she didn't like how she had her eyes and her mouth posed for the photos. So we shot a couple and and Christine Christine does such an amazing job. She always handles the camera. You know, her and I we 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 set everything up, we together we test out the lighting, we make sure the lighting is perfect, we make sure the camera is perfect and and then it's off to the races. Christine photographs, we have a tether to the the laptop the laptop to a larger screen, although my larger screen wasn't working. I got to get that replaced. And then we have our printer set up. And um, um, this, uh, like I said, this this lovely lady and handsome gentleman come up and we, you know, sometimes, sometimes people just aren't very photogenic to themselves, which is sad because I thought these images looked very nice and, and very well represented of, of this couple. And, um, and we even tried, look, we... We, we usually set the lights and we, you know, we set the lights almost and forget it. Unless we have a, a larger group or we had one group that was so many people that, you know, as Christine was shooting, I was holding up a softbox and a light kind of over the camera to get some, to, you know, to, kind of get, to get rid of some of the shadows between the faces. But with this couple, you know, I'm moving the lights around. I'm trying to, I'm trying to change the sculpting on her face because I didn't know what she didn't like about her face. And she, she couldn't. She couldn't explain it. And she was apologetic. She's like, I'm sorry. I don't like this. Don't worry about it. I don't want you to buy something that you're going to look at. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. But I, but it, it does, it does always make me feel bad because, um, I, I'm, I'm a fixer. I want to fix everything. I want to make an image from everybody that looks amazing, but because she couldn't explain to me what she didn't like. And I gave, we gave them like six different images. I think nine, six, nine. I don't know. It was quite a few. We tried like three or four different poses and 
lighting setups and we well, tried it must have been it was either nine or twelve then because usually christine does you know okay one two three one two three she gives people three images which uh, between you and me christine that's that's too much because sometimes and it's weird because some people they 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 don't change at all between two or three images and then some people you have change like all crazy like you know like the break dancing almost but I like the two because if you're going to catch somebody blinking on the first one, you're not going to on the second one. And, you know, so it's it's probably best to do three, but it's nine times out of ten, it's it's overkill. But anyway, um, I, I, I always feel bad because I, I can't I couldn't help I couldn't help them come up with a nice image. Yeah. And it, it almost kind of um, it puts a little rain cloud on your day because. You know, you're you're making these amazing images for people, and and I got to remember to myself because she couldn't tell me what she didn't like about the way she looked. I'm never going to be able to fix that. You know, we we did different different lighting setups, we did different modeling setups. Christine had her pose a couple different ways. She just didn't like it, and that's okay. I, I like I said, I'd rather I would rather she walk away without an image than walk away with an image she hated. Right. I I don't want that. And then, and then who am I? I'm the photographer that, oh man, he took this image of me that I hated. <laughs> image was technically perfect, but just for some reason she didn't like it. That's okay. But that was that, that was, um, that was the story behind that. And then we, um, we got the group shot. Christine did a great job on the group shot. I was printing. I was, I have, was getting all the printing done and they had all the ladies posed and get up. And then, um, we had the we had the flashpoint version of the Godox V1N on Christine's camera. And um and I say the flashpoint version of the V1N because I have no idea what flashpoint name. It's like the flashpoint lithium ion R R2. It's a terrible name. It's like the Insta360 1RS 1 inch 360 camera <laughs> with like with like a lens. It's come on. You're using everything else with Godox. Use can't can't you use the same model number, or instead of V1N, you know maybe call it the F1N, the Flashpoint One N. I don't know. Anyway, she went out there, and uh, when the ladies were posed, uh, we we had so many friends. We met a lot of new great people, but we had so many friends there that we just oh, we just we're, we were not going to see them Remembrance Day, so you know we were happy to see them there, and. Um, well, one of the one of the our, our gentleman friends, I I went and I helped Christine up up on a chair because I wanted her to get a little higher, and um and I helped her dial in the flash. You know, we set that set the flash as manual. I uh you know I I killed the flash at uh, one a full power pop, and you know the and we look at the lighting, we look at the ceiling, and and we knew that we could bounce the light off the ceiling. So what I did was I you know I. I, I had her shoot one with the light on the bounce on the ceiling and one with the light directly at, at all the people. And, um, and it took, uh, what it take maybe two, three shots to get to really dial in that because we were at, it was, it was like, okay, they're, they're ready for you. So, you know, we rushed in there real quick and, and, uh, we just kind of popped a couple flashes, got to where it was and she was good. And then, um, one of the, one of our friends, one of the gentlemen that we're friends with, uh, we're friends with their family. I said, I got to go back out there and print. Can you, can you help Christine 
when she when she's ready to come down off the chair and they said oh, yeah absolutely and then uh, i got a couple print jobs i got a couple print jobs queued up i came back in and the men were getting set up and then uh and then you got the men i um i i still need to send a, i i finally i sent an e- message to the 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 coordinator and I sent them the gallery. I sent them the photos of the group shots, and uh, she wants it in a different way. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that tomorrow. But you know, there was there were there were light. Uh, there were um, a lot of modern stuff in the background. I just hope that somebody comes back and says, "Hey, you did a lot of work on that backdrop," <laughs> because the ceiling was low, and uh, and there were like these speakers with the band. They had a really nice, you know, period correct Civil War band. But of course they had speakers and microphones and they were speakers in the back and these wall sconces and and I did as mu- I I removed all that stuff. And then, you know, especially if somebody wants an 8x10, I didn't have enough room. I didn't want to make a a ton of of flooring. It was a nice wood dance floor, but I didn't want to have a bunch of the the ceiling. The ceiling had a bunch of garbage on it. Not garbage, but like chandeliers and dangly stuff and can lighting and all that fun stuff. But I I took the I took the back wall and I stretched it up so that you know when you're even at an eight by ten, which is a four by five print ratio, you're seeing you're seeing floor and wall. You're not seeing any any ceiling. So I'm I'm thinking to myself, no no one is going to notice that I did all that work in the editing with that. I'm just telling you right now, no one is going to notice. But if somebody says, hey. This image looks like a this image is a much more amazing than any image we had before. I wonder why. And look, it's not hard to to photograph somebody with a flash on your camera. But if I can go a little bit, if I could just add another six inches to that mile, uh, and and make an image that is more aesthetically pleasing and get get some of the chairs out of the background and all that fun stuff, I, it's a it's a win win. Right. It's certainly a win win. Um. Once that was done, uh, we had uh, we had a, a big another big group of people come through, and then uh, we had told people at ten o'clock we were going to stop, but we we went until about twenty after, yeah. And then we finally said, "All right, you know, there's nobody nobody else in line." Uh, you kind of kind of waited for their five minutes and said, "All right." And Christina started packing up, and I had um, I still had a lot of uh, I still had prints to print. And we we'd had a the, the way we worked it was we had a couple different packages. You can uh, you can order five by seven, eight by ten. Uh, we gave a we gave a special on digital downloads. We had a package which was a five by seven, eight by ten, a download, and then we had these nice black uh, photo filter uh, photo uh, folders that that just look nice on a with a nice color print. And, um, and if you didn't order the, the folder then I had the, uh, I had those little glassine, uh, not the glassine, but the, the clear bags, paper, uh, plastic bags, the, the clear see-through bags that, that had the glue on them. And, uh, and yeah, it was such a good time. And we, there were probably like five people left that hadn't picked up their images yet. When we, when we headed out, we, you know, Christine brought the, the, the truck up, we loaded everything in and, and you know, said our goodbyes to, uh, to all of our friends, our new and old and, and the event organizer. And, uh, we, we headed home. Christine had to work the next day. Um, you know, and, um, what happened was she asked me if I could drive back from Gettysburg. And I said, yeah, I'll drive back. No big deal. 
So I'm, you know, we're, we're driving down the road and, and, you know, I turn the radio, I'd ask her, is the radio too loud? No. And I'm, and I'm doing my best to make it the smoothest car ride ever for Christine. So she maybe can catch some, catch some Z's. And, um, we're coming up 695 or we're coming down 695. We're, we're outer loop 695 heading South and 695 is the, is the, is the road around Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. And I'm in the, I'm not in the far right lane because that's where people are, are coming on uh, from, from, you know, the, the, on and the off ramps. Ramps. And of course I wasn't going to be in the fast lane, but I was, I was doing, you know, a 60 and a 55, which I think is a nice clip. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going faster than anybody. I wasn't going slower than anybody. Everybody was kind of at that because the, the speed limit is 55. And I think you can go, I think at 10 miles over the speed limit, you get snapped by a speed camera. And they got a bunch of speed cameras up there. Apparently not enough. So we're, <laughs> we're driving. And, I'm, and I've got the cruise control on like 60 to 62, whatever it is. And she's sleeping. She's finally asleep, even though we, had a t- we were talking. The, the best part about our car ride is we talk about a lot of stuff, you know, stuff coming up. How did we do, you know... How do we do at this event? What could we have done better? What What are we going to do next year? You know, all that fun stuff to try to make an experience a better experience for people and be more efficient ourselves. And she finally got to sleep, and then I saw it. There was a white car that just goes zooming by us, probably 80, 90 miles an hour on the right-hand side. And then there was a blue car that went on the left-hand side, hit the rumble strip, and started veering to the right. And I knew it was inevitable, and I said to Christine, Hey, Christine, you want to see a car crash? Because I'd rather wake her up with, Hey, Christine, instead of... Man, that was a terrible car crash. (laughs) Guy walked away, though. So she wakes up, and... uh, I don't know how much you saw of it, but the guy does this rainbow from the far left meet, uh, the far left rumble strip, you know, the shoulder, all the way over. He slams into the wall on uh, on six ninety five, right before Wilkins Avenue, if you know if you know the area, and then he spins this little blue car three t- three times, in, you know, in three full circles, and he and he comes to a stop in the in the shoulder facing the wrong way, and and. I knew what happened. We, we almost, we almost died. And I didn't say anything to Christine by it because I didn't want her shaken by it. And I didn't want her not sleeping and whatever. But, uh, what happened was these cars were racing in and out of traffic. The blue car came up behind us and veered over. He came within maybe 10 inches of slamming into the back, our back bumper. And if we if he would have hit us at ninety mile an hour, we probably would have walked away. The airbags would have went off. I mean, it would have been a it would have been a mess. But this guy, he and I I saw it and uh, and but I didn't see anything. Christine, but he almost hit us. He almost clipped us. And uh, instead, by by oversteering to get to to not clip us, th- thankfully, let me take a drink. He goes over, he, he over, he, he goes too far into the shoulder, hits the rumble strip, comes over, smashes three spins. He's, he's facing the wrong way on the shoulder. Well, me, even though I knew this guy was a big old bonehead, thankfully he didn't hit us. And thankfully he didn't hit anybody else. So, so, you know, 
And even I'm I'm one of those guys that always stops. And uh, and there have been times where we have stopped for accidents and like Christine goes to work. I uh, I'm was, semi-obligated to help, but I understand, but you would even if you didn't. Um, I always remember, and it was kind of funny because we were, and let me, let me finish the story, but then I'll talk about the, the Westminster story from several years ago. So, you know, I pull the car over, I put the, the hazards on, I, I kind of, I kind of pull out a little bit so that, um, you know, people see my car and, and try to get over, you know, I've got, I'm like a couple inches into the, into the lane. You kind of how like, like police do it. What they'll do is they'll pull behind you and they'll put their, they'll put their, their hood into the, into the lane. I didn't go that far, but I wanted to make sure people gave, gave plenty of room. Um, I went over and I dragged, you know, there were bits of car. So I dragged the, uh, went into the lane and, and pulled the the bumper off to the side, uh, really quickly. And then, no, no, I didn't do that until after I checked on the guy. I, I, I run up to the guy and I check on him and he's, you could tell he's dazed, but young guy. And, um, and he's like, I didn't hit you, did I? I said, well, at first I asked if he was okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. He said, I didn't hit you, did I? I said, no, you didn't hit And he, he, the first thing he said, I didn't hit anybody, did I? And I'm like, you are very lucky that you didn't hit anybody. And I said, how are you doing? Are you okay? And by that time, you know, if I, I the first thing I said is I said, call 911 as I'm pulling over. And, and, and she was, I think she already had her phone in her hand ready to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I go to the guy and he's like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Kind of like trying to play it off like not to call the police. And he said, oh, well, I call, I'm call. i going to call the police and let them know I, I had an accident. Um, but at the time, you know, Christine was already calling him. And uh, uh, I have a feeling that, uh, you know, we didn't, we we just said accident, but I have a feeling that they're going to see the, if they went out and investigated and saw the markings on the road, I have a feeling that, uh, they're going to know that there was probably racing going on, or at least high speed. So, um, so once that was done, I, I checked on him. Uh, I I went over and I grabbed his bumper out of the middle of the road, and uh, and we took off and we came home. And then and then I pulled the I pulled the uh, dash cam footage, and I I knew the guy got close to us, but I didn't realize he got that close to us because we have one of those dash cams that is out the front window, into the passenger compartment, and out the back window. I, I, I ran this extra camera. It's a Van True N4 camera. But I ran this extra camera remote all the way through the trim and then and then stuck it in the back window. Um, that way, you know, if we're, if we're driving somewhere or Christine's driving somewhere and, and something happens, you know, she's got, she's got footage. So I pulled this footage and it was like, wow. But she was already in bed, thankfully, and uh, she didn't see it till the next day to see how how close we came to, you know, maybe not walking away from that. But yeah, it I was, thought uh, he was going to hit the front of the car. I woke up in time to watch him sp- spin out in front of us, and then he was twirl. way in front of us. He was about six or seven car lengths in front of us. But when you're half asleep, it looks a lot yeah. closer. <laughs> Well, I said, hey, Christine, you want to see a car crash? Not, hey, Christine, you want to be in a car crash? But uh, but that was our tale of um, of uh, being the, the first the first Gettysburg ball, uh, Gettysburg, Gettysburg Remembrance Day ball that we photographed and the and the wonderful end to it. 
thankfully the uh, thankfully the guy that got in an accident he was okay and his car looked like it didn't have that much damage i mean it's it's kind of amazing that i mean he had uh, only his side only his passenger side airbag went off it looked like and uh, and the car for for the damage that it did it it didn't look bad like i don't know if that's still a totaled car or if it's just some body work and you know maybe bend the axles back or something i don't know but uh, but anyway, I hope I hope the guy and the guy he was racing, um, you know, use this as a life lesson. You know, you that could have been bad. You could have killed yourself and a bunch of other people. Yeah. If he would have hit us, he would have died. Because it's it was a little blue racer car. It was a little blue little little Honda something, and uh, you know, the the Honda Pilot man, that thing's a tank. But uh, he would have he would have hit us probably went under us because he was lowered, and uh, it probably would have taken his head off. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, good job, Christine. We were on our best behavior for a uh, excuse me, a a I don't know what we're gonna call it an after show that we're giving to everybody. We hopefully everybody enjoyed. Uh, the after show, we usually talk about stuff like this. We usually talk about, um, uh, with the, uh, with the Patreon the subscri- subscription, uh, you know, all of our, all of our videos and stuff come out a little bit early. We talk a little bit about that, what we're working on, uh, what we're doing in the dark room. Uh, right now we're still in the transition period. I'm not sure if I'm even going to really get into the dark room until, uh, maybe around Christmas time, but, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I uh, hope everybody is enjoying. Uh, if you if you are not a supporter and you and you like stuff like this, uh, just a buck a month will get you get you into the Patreon, and uh, and you get to have fun with us. Talk about usually food. I mean, that's <laughs> a let's lot of not, food. Let's not uh, you know let's not pretend it's not mostly food, but it's mostly food, and we have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so I join you. I, I I I invite you to join us back here next time. Uh, you can find the Patreon subscription stuff in the show notes and uh, hope you join us. But if not, I hope you enjoyed. I would look forward to uh, visiting with you guys next week and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. This will go up Thanksgiving morning to everybody and uh, we'll check. We'll chat with you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>